You're listening to Rust Belt Running. Running is what makes me realize that, like, I'm a human being who is worth something. That is not a good measurement of my value as a human. We get between eight and 10,000 additional comments, and I read every one of them. So you had to run Sand Run for your first. You become race director and take it out. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's got to be old guy naked in the locker room. I, I get to spend time with my friend Adam. I get to do something with my friend. Right now, I'm not thinking much beyond what I'm going to be drinking next week at this time. Coleslaw on a taco is not taco, it's barbecue. And so we'll be discussing tonight with some occasional swear words from Andrew because he's upset. And that's okay. I know him as the biggest Kid Rock fan around. You rap that. <laughs> oh, dear God. You're listening to Rust Belt Running. I'm Adam Wheeler. You can find me on social media at Wheels Up in CLE. Joined as I once again am by Andrew Hedinger. You can find on social media Andrew Runs A Lot. If you want to find the podcast on social media, you can find us at Rust Belt Running. Andrew, we're back, baby. <laughs> We are, we are, we're back, um, and I, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad to be here. It was a, it was a good little break. I'm yeah, not gonna was, lie. I, yeah. We, we, we needed it, um, but it was, yeah, it was a good break. But it's, it's good to be back, and yeah. we, we have a lot to talk about. We're very excited for uh, next weekend. Yes, we will be. Well, I guess it'll be this, this weekend is, by yeah, the time yeah, this comes out. Uh, it'll also be it'll be about half the temperature that it is outside <laughs> by the time this comes out too uh but yeah we're, we're very much looking forward to the pittsburgh marathon which i kind of signed up for on a whim when i was i tell you what i made the right decision uh yeah. because it is uh i i again this is we're recording this on saturday the 23rd uh glass city and hall of fame take place tomorrow so they will have taken place already by the time this is published but man it is going to be a warm one for those two events and i was going to be at glass city and i tell you what i'm really glad i didn't go through training for a full this winter just to be met with that i mean i that is your nightmare yeah like when you're training through the winter that is absolutely your nightmare yep and this is not the first time it's happened on this weekend. I mean, shoot, yeah. last last year was warm. A couple years ago, I ran the half. I want to say it was 2016. It might have been 2017, but I ran the half at Hall of Fame, and I mean, it was it was brutal hot. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'm, phew, yeah. There's a reason I'm never running a spring marathon ever again. I'll do Glass City eventually, but I yeah no I'm I'm good. I'll it's, stick with I'll stick with fall races. It's it's been it's been really tough, and uh, I did my last long run a couple weeks ago. It was an 18 miler, and I ran a half marathon as part of it. And luckily that day was was it was a little chilly, but like not really chilly. It was it was really good racing weather, and I didn't race it, but I, I ran it solidly, and I was very happy with where I came out. But I had a realization, like, it was one of the first times all spring that I really had a good chance with decent weather to test my fitness. Yeah. Because so often it's been running in just brutally cold weather. And we've talked about it on here this, you know, this spring. It's 
when it's that cold, it's really hard to get a sense of where you're at. So it's like I came away and thought, oh, okay, like my fitness is actually better than I realized because I just have not had a lot of opportunities to get a good sense of where I'm at. I put right. in the work, but oh, yeah, I, I feel bad for everybody that's running it this weekend because it's gonna be great spectating weather for you. It was <laughs> it was great Can't spectating wait. weather for you. Yeah. I I'm sure that Andrea Sanchez and I had plenty of fun and mimosas out there around mile nine of the hall of fame marathon. Um, that'll be something to look back at the Instagram stories and see what type of condition we were in. <laughs> it was funny. I posted last night on my Instagram story uh, picture. It was give me coffee to change the things I can and wine to accept those that I cannot. And she, she wrote to me, it's really tough when you start the day with coffee, just biding your time until you can switch to wine. I said, how long do I have to wait so it doesn't look make me look like an alcoholic? And as you guys get ready for mimosas, that wine's going to be moved way up on Sunday. Oh, man, it's going to be a good time. Yeah. But, but let's, uh, let's turn to Sunday a little bit. Uh, Pittsburgh, that is. Yeah. So we're we're heading down uh, Saturday. <laughs> What's the hotel situation? Um, <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> uh, deep cuts from earlier this season. Yeah. Um, back catalog. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I kind of registered. You know, like I said, like I said a minute ago, on a whim, I um, I was gonna do Glass City, and then just was kind of in a place where I didn't want to train for a full. And just wanted to run and enjoy running because I've been enjoying running. And uh, so I, I'm running the half and, you know, don't really have any goals per se. I'm just kind of going out to, I, I think this is, I keep telling it to myself, but I'm just kind of going to dick around a little bit, <laughs> have some fun. And yeah, we get to nerd out too. Yeah, we um, do. We, uh, we get to see uh, Alafine and Jared Ward. Yeah. It's, uh, that's big time. What is Jared doing? He just ran Boston. It's going to be 13 days between Boston and Pittsburgh. He's a professional runner. God, I can't imagine. What did he run, run at Boston? Um, I know he wasn't where he wanted to be. Yeah, it's funny. Like He got kind of lost 215, in the 24 Okay. So certainly not where he wanted to be. Right. So he may have felt like he kind of had something left and um, could be maybe he needs to get in some money too. Probably has a good chance at that at Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I'm really curious to see like, is he just going out and running a really fast half? I'm guessing. Is he running the half? Is that what he's? I don't, uh... I don't know. That's I, I've been looking through to figure out what, what both of them are doing. And all I've seen is like, Hey, they're going to be here. Yeah. Um, ba, 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 ba. I can't imagine he's backing up marathons. Let's see. Uh, U.S. Olympians Alafine Tuyamuk, Jared Ward, and Abdi Abdi Rahman oh, yeah. have How special. Do we not talk about Abdi? I don't know. Um, this year's uh 13.1 mile race uh features a prize purse of $58,000. So that may explain some of why they're wanting to run. Yeah, see, that's one thing that we um. Yeah, Ward and Abdi Rahman lead a talented field of top international and American runners who will be competing for the $10,000 top prize. 
Abdi Rahman, who is a five-time Olympian, has never been to Pittsburgh, but is a big fan of the city. It has been a dream of mine to race in Pittsburgh, Abdi Rahman said. It will be my first time in the city, and I am a big Steelers fan. Oh, boy. Chalk We're going to let that go. We're going to let that go. Chalk that up under things I didn't want to read today. Um, yeah, this is off runningusa.org. So, yeah, he, uh, yeah, we, we, found some things we uh we didn't want to oh no jordan space is going to be there uh, okay um (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know that carolyn rotich is going to be there there we go yeah Yeah, but it's funny you mention a uh, salazar athlete we're just like uh, all right well Uh, technically no there'll never ever be any more salazar athletes yeah but once you were one, you're one for life. This I'm beyond cool. excited to return to Pittsburgh, Ward said. I feel like I grew up here while serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I look forward to seeing friends and touring around downtown. This time on the streets as a runner. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I just saw the Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints thing, and I wanted to throw it in there. I'm not sure why I care, but... Uh, what's Alephine say? Pittsburgh has become a special city for me, Tulia Muck says. Uh, it is where I learned that the marathon was painful, but worth the struggle. Winning the 2018 USATF Half Marathon Championship gave me much needed confidence as I built towards the 2020 US Olympic Trials. This year, I'm hoping for the same competitive atmosphere that Pittsburgh always brings. It will be my first race in a while. I think it's her first since the Olympics. Yeah. And I wanted to come to a place where I feel comfortable. Um, yeah, so I mean, the half field is yeah, loaded. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a legit roster of runners, like because that's what, yeah, that's what Rotich is running. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's yeah, this is no, no joke. Like, Cleveland has had an elite, like, they had the program to recruit elite runners, and and don't get me wrong, the runners they had would, would win in incredible times and be really good, but like, nothing of this uh, name sort of recognition. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, the, those those big three. Well, I mean, you can throw Hase in there, or sure. I mean, there's a big six. I mean, the top three in each are are yeah. big names, and um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, this is this is gonna be exciting. Yeah. I kind of I kind of wish I wasn't running. I'm well, hey, here's the thing: you're gonna get you're gonna get to finish, and then watch a lot of these people come in. Uh, how fast do you think I am? They're running the half. Okay, maybe not. I'm, I'm looking to see if there's anybody else that we need to point out. No, I mean, that's, that's a, that, yeah, that's a, that's a good field though. I mean, just to line up with those guys and you're going to be, uh, you're going to be right behind them at the yeah. start. That's pretty cool. Yes. Makes it even more exciting. Let's talk about Boston for a second. We kind of brought it up with Jared Ward. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to watch much of the race. I, I did have to work. I, yeah. I was, I was streaming it um, while I was driving, uh, mainly just for the audio. But I would I do the down. same thing. I would glance down from time to time to see what I could see. Uh, I, I, but it was man, the women's f- finish was remarkable. Yeah, that was that was a ridiculous. I mean, when you have people hip to hip on uh, Boylston, that's always a great finish. And I didn't have Thomas to ruin it for me this year. 
Yeah, yeah. No, that last... was that was you who ruined it, wasn't it? I think it was me. It was. I didn't realize you guys were on delay. Things like that need to be told in advance. Yeah, that. What's crazy about that is that that was the last Boston on Patriots Day. Yeah. So you're going back to the early days of the podcast when the three of us were watching that, and um, it's the last time Boston was in April. That's crazy. It felt so good to have it back on Patriots Day. It just feels right. It did. And, you know, I enjoyed the fall. Uh, I, I watched it. We talked about it yeah. extensively. Uh, I really did enjoy it. But there was there was something. I mean, you could feel the energy. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, I was in a truck driving. And I could feel. I was just like, oh, my gosh, this feels so right. You know, even, like, seeing what people are posting of the race and stuff like that. Like, it felt, it felt right. It yeah. felt like Boston. And it, it made me realize how much last October didn't feel like Boston. Yeah. Um, that was good just to have it back for the sake of having it back. This was good because it was back the way it's supposed it to normal. be back. Yeah, it was um, everybody that you talk to that's been there multiple times, like reporters, runners, they all said the same thing. Like this just last October felt a little muted. And I think I'm going to guess probably part of that is that in Boston, Patriots Day is a local holiday. Like right. nobody goes to work. Nobody goes to school. Everybody's off. And when they ran it in October, they ran it on a Monday. But it was on a Monday where a lot of people would have been working, would have been in school. So that's probably accounts for part of it. It's just the energy right. wasn't there because you weren't going to have as big of a field. But, you know, for people that are used to doing this, like Boston on Patriots Day, those two just go hand in hand. Yeah. And you're right, like having things back last year, anything we got back during the ongoing COVID process felt like a victory. Right. But there is, there's the difference between getting that victory and like, oh, this is the way it's always been. This is the normal we're used to. And you definitely felt that with Boston this year. Um, And I think part of that too was that it was just an insanely deep field. Like we have never seen a Boston field this deep. It's it's crazy that when you look at the men's results, like Scott Fobble, you and I were talking on Monday, Scott Fobble's race kind of seemed to fly under the radar, even though he was the first American in the PR. And when you look at his time, he's really not far off the time that Meb won with in 2014. But because the field was so deep, he finished two minutes behind the winner. Yeah. And when you've got such quality, everything gets so spread out. All of a sudden, a 208 is just not, it's not good enough to get into a, a top three sort of finish. So Fobble actually had a really, really good day. It was just, the field was so deep on both sides that it kind of like muted some of those performances. And I think that brought a lot of energy to the actual race itself. I love that Fobble is not even sponsored right now. Like he's just, he's just that's, a, he's just a dude. That's crazy to me. Like yeah. I know, he, I know he left Hoka Nazalit and it was just one of those like, Hey, I feel like I've peaked here. I probably need to look at something different, but this is a guy who's, I mean, he's one of the best Americans right now running. How can no company look at that and say, like, I want to sponsor that? He's likable. He's personable. Uh, he'll have sponsors now for sure. Mm-hmm. But it just blows my mind that he he ran he ran in a kit that he just went out and bought himself. I think it was a Lululemon jersey. He just went he, out and bought it. He bought it for that race. Yeah. Like, we, we all do that. We've yeah, like you that. and I can identify <laughs> with that. I, the singlet I'm wearing on Sunday is one I bought to wear at Glass City. Like, I bought it just yeah. because I was like, yeah, this is dope. Like, and, uh, man, I'm 36 and I still say dope. Like, cool. 
but yeah, like he's just, he's just a dude. And I think that's just, uh, it's, it's a, uh, yeah, it's incredible. Um, but I, you know, I think that kind of Scott Fobble's performance also, you know, I'd kind of texted you this, like I, I'm kind of sad with American running because I felt like we had how many of those Fobble results have we had over the years where it felt like, Oh my gosh, we're, we're getting close to competing. Yeah. Like truly competing. Yeah. And then you have Molly go out in the Olympics and get the bronze. And it was like, Oh, okay. That's what we needed. Like, but it just, you know, we had the majors last year and then you have this, this year. And it's like, well, no, that's just, that's just kind of where we are. You know, we're just, you know, and we're not, we didn't mix it up at all on uh, Patriots day either. Like we were not, Molly was kind of there, but it was like after eight miles, it was like the East Africans are like, yeah, no, screw you guys. Right. We're going to, we're going to go run a real race now. Like it it felt like they were just toying with them in two minutes. Is that. Yeah. And um, you know, it, it, it sucks because we, we felt for so long that we were maybe getting close, but it's more like, now we're going to have the anomalies. We're going to have the Mebs, the Des, the Mollies. And that's cool. Like I'll, I'll enjoy those, but I think I'm going to try to stop getting excited that we might get somebody on the podium. Cause I mean, I, and I know this field was just absolutely stacked. Um, and CJ Albertson might've kind of messed up the men's race for us, <laughs> but um, like, I, I don't know. I want, I want to see us perform more, but I think I'm just going to, we just kind of have to settle for this. It's like, it's like trying to not be a sports fan while watching running. Cause it's not quite the same thing, but I can't detach myself from my sports fandom fully. I think this is one of the interesting differences between the sort of running that you and I do, where a lot of times we're focusing on trying to PR or nail a specific time because we both know, like we're not, in the contention for anything like unless we're running a very small local race where maybe like the right field doesn't show up you and i might be like vying for like winning an age group or finishing top 10 or whatever usually we're just going for a time so we're thinking about splits and we're thinking about effort right. things like that whereas with professional racing so much of it it comes down to the tactics right and you know what is how how deep is the field you know so Fobble can run the sort of race that six, no, sorry, eight years ago is when Meb won. That's it, that's a time that's capable of getting you a victory. But with a field like you had on Monday, it's not because there's just way too much depth to compete. Well, especially when you have CJ Alberts and Rabbit, Rabbit the race. Yeah. Which you knew he was going to do. You knew yeah, he was he gonna said go, it. Yeah, he was going to go out like he did last year. But you you also knew that nobody was going to let him lead the race for 18 miles. Like that right. wasn't, that wasn't going to happen. Right. Um, and, and so that's where I say he kind of messed it up because he, he pulled that field um, a little too much, <laughs> pulled them a little too hard at the beginning where they, they made the call. No, let's drop this guy because we're, right. we're running his race. Let's make him run ours. Right. And uh, that, that really, you know, right there, that seals someone like Fobble's fate. Fobble might've been able to mix it up if CJ Albertson didn't go out like that. Yeah. But he doesn't have that sort of speed to keep up with the East Africans if they're going to take off early. Right. Um, I mean, that that's, is one of the reasons why Meb won in 2014 was it was just him. And I forget who the other guy that went out with him, but because Meb had never been a, a front runner, 
the pack let him go. Right. And there was an agreement that Meb and Ryan Hall had made where it was basically like, hey, if, if one of us goes out to the front early, we're not going to help the chase pack catch up. Right. We're going to hold back. We're going to not push the pace. We'll let them figure it out. And eventually the chase pack did start to try to catch up and Meb was able to hang on. But that was a race where he ran against what he had typically done. And because it was against what he had typically done, the chase pack of guys that probably were faster than him. I think he had something like the 16th or 17th fastest time in the field that day. They just said, oh, well, he'll come back to us. We're not going to worry about right. that. And that's what's so interesting to me about professional running compared to what you and I do is that's not a calculation you and I make. Right. You and I were talking beforehand about pacing and it's like, okay, if we're like looking at a marathon, you know, how fast do I have to go through this first 10 K to get me within shot of maybe like getting to where I want to be at mile 20. That's not something that typically a pro runner is going to be exclusively focusing on because they're worried about keeping up with guys that maybe have better closing speed or better finishing speed that, you know, you and I don't think about that. Right. Have you ever been in a situation in a race where you knew you were going to be competing for like a top three finish where it like took you out of what you're normally used to doing? It not top three overall, but I've had races where I know in my age group, but I, what sucks about that is it still is like me racing against the clock because Mm -hmm. I, you know, we're in that age group where everybody looks like they're in our age group. (laughs) So you, you don't know, necessarily who you're competing against like i'll try to eye up people at the start and understand okay i'm that guy might be i don't want that guy to beat me because he's in my age group yeah. and one above me or below me um but you know uh, apart from that now i'm not necessarily there but it's always the shorter races never right. a half or a full right you know, it'll be like the the fourth of july five miler in north canton um, you know, uh, one of the, one of the bigger five Ks. I mean, we kind of had it when we ran Shawshank last year. Maybe oh. we'll have it. Maybe we'll have it a oh. little more this year. Those medals are dope. Oh my god, man! And just the fact that he shot that whole video and recreated that scene. Yeah, Brian, well done. Yeah, well done, sir. If you have not um, checked out the video that Shawshank Hustle did, um, that race is in August. I think it's early August. It's August. Um, That that race is in August. It's in Mansfield. It it goes around some of the sites of uh, the filming of the movie, The Shawshank Redemption. Um, You even get to go into the reformatory. You get to see, um, you get to see the warden's office and, um, you know, some of the other awesome sites from that race. But um, that, that race has the best medals and like, I wish I would be a lifer of that race because having every medal would be amazing. Cause they'd all tell a story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, this medal is sweet. Go, go find Shawshank hustle on Facebook and watch the video that, uh, Brian Poland and his team, uh, put together. It's, it's hilarious. It's well done. His yeah. acting is awful. Um, <laughs> but, uh yeah go go check that out and make sure to register for that race and you know what it's a fun race to race because like i mean we were both top i I think i was 10th i think it was 10th overall yeah um eighth male overall and uh you were third i think third yeah uh so you know we actually got to compete but i wasn't prepared for that you know this year knowing that that's there maybe you know might be a little might be a little more interesting. Yeah. Um, 
And but it's a tough course though. But yeah, de- definitely uh, go find Shawshank Hustle on Facebook and check out those medals because they are badass. Yeah, they are. Tells the story of the movie with these medals. Um, one year they did, and I didn't run it this year, but I had friends who did. They actually like similar to this one, which I'm not going to give it away. I want you to go check it out. Mm-hmm. But the, this the medal for this year opens up. But um, a few years ago, they had a medal that opened up, uh, but it was the Bible and it had the uh, the chisel in the Bible. It was like a little chisel you could take out. It kills and me that I didn't do that race. I know. I know. That's where I say I wish I yeah. I wish it was a lifer because, I mean, the medals are just the medals alone are worth it. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, and it's a tough course. It's a fun course. It is. It really it, is. And, it's and well to, spectated. Like and, for a small oh, race, it's well spectated out there. 100%. Like downtown Mansfield was was pretty bu- – and downtown Mansfield is a cool-looking city too. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's real old. I mean, it's not – the rest of the city, you know, parts of it can, are pretty depressed. And it's, uh, you know, kind of sad, um, you know, past glory. But um, as long as the train doesn't get in the way, it's a really good – uh, course well, yes we missed it but we, we did but not everybody <laughs> yeah talking of uh of um the you know kind of the racing and like you know the mindset we usually have it is fun to be in an environment like that where you know i don't necessarily know who i'm competing with but i knew i was doing well in placing because i just i mean i could tell who had passed me and who hadn't right during the race and there's the, there was that one final uphill, that long uphill oh. at the towards the end. And uh, when we were running that last year, and I know I told this story on a recap of it last year, but I'm going to tell it again. Um, but I was coming up and I, I had this one dude in my sights and I was tracking him probably the last mile and a half. And I gave I didn't charge up the first half of that hill, but I began to a little bit up the second half and I was just slowly so slowly reeling this guy in mm-hmm. he got to the top of the hill and um i was able to uh to catch him and it was just that amazing feeling and he almost feel like a dick because we're we're we have the same goal we're not really yeah. that competitive but there is nothing in running like when you pass somebody in an environment like that and you can feel their soul leave their body yeah um, I mean, and you even, I, I think I heard him stop running once I passed him. Yeah. Like you could kind of tell he tried to, Oh no, I'm not going to let that, that man psychologically and physically. There is something when you get past like that. I mean, you, you try, but you just can't. And, uh, oh, it's good to be on the other side of that from time to time. And yeah, just crush some dudes. Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so awful. You feel but, bad, but you feel bad, but man, you feel like a badass. You do. You're gonna have some of that on Sunday. Let's God, talk I about so. let's talk about Sunday. We talked about Boston. Molly didn't finish. Molly did run 69% of the race, though. She did very <laughs> she did she did post that. Do you want to talk about Strava at all before we move on to Sunday? <sighs> I want to keep this positive. Okay. We we can always go back to the Strava thing. Yeah, um, that's that's. I, I kind of want to give them a chance to answer to to um, just, you just know, some, some obvious fixes. <laughs> yeah, just very you, obvious fixes. You you can hide heart rate. You can hide pace. You can hide every statistic, but you can't hide your map. I don't get it. Um, 
Um, well, here it started. Uh, okay, no, we're good. We'll, we'll come we'll, back. We're we'll, going to we'll, come we'll, back. We'll, 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 Sunday. We'll, we'll put a pin in that. Pittsburgh. <laughs> I tell you where we're going to be running on Sunday. It's going to be Pittsburgh. Yeah. I did have to look and see who the Pirates played to see if that would have been an option. But I, I, <laughs> who were they playing? I, they were playing the Padres. If Fernando Tatis wasn't hurt. That would have been something to pull off. Yeah. He is still hurt, right? It's like three months, I think. Yeah. That is the one thing like uh, that I struggle with with races that are out of town is the expos the day before don't stay open uber late. Like the expo on Saturday is open till six. So we'll get, we can check into our hotel, I think at four. So like you and I haven't firmed up logistics yet, but I will imagine we'll probably shoot to get to Pittsburgh between two and three. Mm-hmm. Have the casual times we can go get our bib and everything. But then it's like, what do you do? Right. Because like if you're doing it, like you're you're in a nice spot because you're just going out there to have fun, which is awesome. I can do it, whatever the fuck I want. Exactly. I am all in trying to PR and BQ and all that. So it's like I have to be good. I can't be rowdy that night. Right. I want to get to bed at a decent time. And it's like that's the only thing I don't <laughs> like about traveling out of town. It's like I don't have my own bed. I'm not in control of my own schedule. It's like you're there. What do you do? Yeah, you can have one beer at like seven o'clock. Yeah. And then it's time to, yeah, you, you have that awful, like, just you're pretty much going to just go to the expo and then go back to the hotel room and lay down. And yeah. Then once it's it time a, to go it's, eat, it is a 635 game, Andrew. Which one? Saturday? Yeah. Oh, you want to go see? I wasn't even looking at that. I was looking at Sunday. Oh, Sunday. I mean, if you want to go Saturday, I'm down. That's all you, man. I'd love to go to PNC Park. I might go with or without you, to be honest with you. I didn't even think about Saturday. I think about this. I don't know. I mean, we, this... wouldn't have to, we wouldn't have to go for the whole game either. True. Part of this, too, is like we're going with my parents. And so it's like I don't know if, how long my parents are going to hang around on Sunday. Right. We got, we'll figure this all out. Well, and I got to work on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah, figure, we'll figure this out. Yeah. Sunday, though. Yeah. Um, God. I haven't. So I haven't run a big city race since Columbus in 2018. So part of it is I'm just looking forward to the experience of being around a lot of other people. Um, I really got a taste for that last year when I came down in Columbus and watched you because Columbus, unlike some other races in the fall, felt normal, right. felt like a normal Columbus race, even though the field was smaller. Um, you know, you talked about the spectators and just how well spectated the course was. Um, the finish line area was just swamped with people that felt amazing. I'm so looking forward to that because everything I did last year was smaller and that was great. I love the small local races that I did. I love the towpath, but like being out on a marathon course and having no one near you and having like no spectators gets so, so boring. And a marathon, you like, you need things to distract you because 26.2 miles is a long way to go and it's a lot of pain and you need things to keep your mind distracted. And a big city race is good for that. And Pittsburgh is bigger than Cleveland in terms of the field. And everything that I hear about Pittsburgh just raves about how well organized it is and how well spectated it is. And I cannot wait for that energy. I'm dying for that energy on a race mm-hmm. day. I'm not dying for the hills. I'm dying for this.
Now you're going to show me what this is. Oh, here we go. Oh, Andrew's looking at baseball tickets. Twenty. I I have heard this. I've heard the stadium is amazing. I have too. That's that's part of the reason I'd I'd love to go. Um. All right. I'll put a pin in that too. We got some things that we got. We got some pins sticking out. We need to circle back to. Yes. Sure. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Ex- you know. I'm excited for the big city atmosphere and not running the entire thing. I'm excited to be able to be there and cheer people on more. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's one thing that I, I, I haven't experienced since um, the pandemic began. Uh, yeah. I got to go out for hall of fame and that was fun, but that's not a big city race. That's a, that's my local race. People do come here from all over the country for it because of the hall of fame, but like, it's not, it's not Columbus. It's not Pittsburgh. It's not even Cleveland. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to, you know, running my half, getting my gear check and putting on my joggers and a hoodie. And uh, because the weather is just going to be splendid. Oh, it looks and, perfect. Um, you know, really getting to enjoy cheering people along and kind of returning the favor for last year for you. Um, <laughs> be there a little earlier than you were. <laughs> God, I still remember waking up and looking at the clock and be like, ah, shit. Dude, what's funny is this didn't even hit me until I was thinking about it this week for some reason. And uh, I forgot. I woke up like an hour and a half before Cleveland started. And oh, that's I, right. I live like an hour away. Yes. I, because the Braves played. I think it was the game where they I think it was when they clinched the National League pennant. Yes. And that was the night before. And so I went to bed at like 1230, one o'clock and I must not have set my alarm or I, maybe I didn't snooze it. I canceled it instead of snoozing it. I don't remember what happened, but I woke up at like six fifteen. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. I remember you telling me that because the plan at one point had been that you were going to stay with me. Right. And I, that one, that changed because of the Braves. I was working I and you were watching the Braves. Yeah. And so you're like, no, nah, don't worry about it. I'm going to watch the Braves game. I'll see you tomorrow. Like, Absolutely. And uh, yeah, that was just a couple of weeks after Columbus or a week after Columbus. Yeah. And uh, you're like, hey, remember last week when you were late getting down here? Like, I woke up to like <laughs> six. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. And I don't live close. You do all. not live close. I, I, I stopped at the rest area there on 77. Yep. Just <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I was like, yep, I I know the porter potties ain't going to be waiting for me, so I got to go here. That was, man, that was a dis- near disaster. I just remembered now that Cleveland started at the normal start time, even though it was going to be dark for like another half. Man, they got so lucky the streets were well lit. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, they got so lucky. I bet the streets will be better lit in Pittsburgh. <laughs> what, what time's our race start? Seven. Okay. But our hotel is within walking distance of the start line. That's right. Yeah. Is the start and finish the same? I haven't looked at the map at all. No, but they're really close. It's kind of okay. like, remember how Cleveland for a while used to start over by the arena, but then the finish line was just yeah. like, like a quarter mile. I think it's something like that. Okay. I'm still looking at Pittsburgh tickets. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> Before so, I talk shit, I probably should look and actually make, yeah, sunrise in Pittsburgh today is 629. So I think we'll be oh, next week. Yeah, we'll be sweet. <laughs> um. So let's talk about some of your training. We've, we've talked about it, uh, you know, in bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, last year your training was obviously met with that. Um, that I, I don't know. Inju- I mean, a near injury discomfort that had you concerned of injury. Oh, um, I mean, I, w- I was hurt. It was, yeah. um, I mean, like my leg was swollen. My lower leg was okay. swollen. From so it, it was like, injury. It was a legit injury. It was a yeah. minor one. It just happened at the wrong time. Like if it had happened two weeks earlier, I would have had to take a couple weeks off and then I would have felt okay. I felt good like a week after the race. Right. But the leg was swollen and uh, I had no range of motion with it. And I got through what I could get through, but it was just, again, like you talk about a marathon, 26.2 miles. Like you need to be able to kind of zone out and just have distractions. And when every right. single step you take from the first step hurts, there's just no way you can do that. Right. Um, what's but funny. Yeah. Oh. No, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to um, ask you to, you know, kind of, kind of talk about where you're at now yeah. versus where you were, um, you know, this time in October, uh, you know, coming into the towpath marathon, where, where are you at now versus that and how you feel about a few days from now? So what's funny about it is that last year's training up until that injury, which was 12 days out was probably like the most perfect year of training that I've had. I think I only ended up missing like three total days or maybe four total days. And like one was a mental health day before I took a trip. And then I got sick a couple of times. Like I was never injured, felt great. My workouts, I was hitting my workouts all the time. I was getting them in consistently. Um, mentally, I felt as good as I've ever felt confidence because just everything lined up and said, Hey, this is where you're at. This winter has been so bad. I had a run maybe six weeks ago where it was one of those where it was like we'd had some nice weather and then it was back down to like low 20s feels like in the single digits. And I had to get a run and I had a nine mile run and then an 18 mile run. And this would have been, I think, early March. And I remember chuckling to myself and just saying, like, I'm going to run this race and have no idea where I'm at because I had had so few runs where I could actually say, like, I know where I'm at fitness wise because I was always you know, dodging crappy weather, running in extreme cold. Um, I don't think I had a week until mid-March where I actually got to run every run on the day that it was intended to be run on because you were dodging, you know, random six-inch snowfall days. Um, So it's really weird. I don't have that, like, long line of confidence in my workouts because I just have so few workouts that I've done where I can say, like, yeah, I know from the times that I've put in, this is where I'm at but I've put the work in and I've put the work in consistently. And because I've been doing this now, this is my 12th year running. I've got enough experience to say like, if you do this work, you generally know where it leads to. So I'm going into it with a little bit of like, I'm not going to worry too much about needing to have all that confidence. I'm just going to line up, be confident in my pacing and just kind of see how it plays out. What's kind of nice is I chose Pittsburgh specifically to I wanted to stop time trialing marathons. I've been, for lack of a better word, obsessed with getting to Boston. It hasn't been the end-all be-all for me, but that's been the stretch goal that's driven my running for so long that um, I wanted a course where it wasn't going to be flat, where I was going to have to kind of just give up to the designs of the course and just say, run by effort and see how it goes. And then when you hit the flat miles at the end, turn it on. And that's luckily what Pittsburgh gives me. So I think in a little bit of a way, like I'm not going to be obsessing over my watch with where I'm at the first half marathon of this course is largely flat you go over a few bridges but it's not super challenging or hilly you really luck out but then you hit mile 12 and it's like a three-quarter mile climb 
and the next eight miles are largely rolling. And so it's going to be a lot of uphill, downhill, uphill, downhill. And what's good about that is it's just going to mean that I have to just be okay with kind of running by feel. Right. And when I hit mile 24, when I hit the downhill, just being okay with where I'm at. I've trained a lot in Bedford and the Bedford Metro parks are basically set up that way. It's very rolling. It's very up and down. And what I've learned is that when I run by feel and run by effort, my miles tend to come out within about 10 seconds, 12 seconds of the average, whether it's uphill or downhill. So I'm really, I've gotten better at running by effort. And that's been, that's been probably an advance that I've had this year. So even with all this crappy, shitty weather, um, I, mentally, I feel like I'm in a good spot. And I just don't necessarily have the long string of workouts that I can point to and say, I know where I'm at because I don't have that. Right. I've got maybe five workouts that I can point to and say, yeah, based on those times, I feel good about where I'm at. And it sounds like there's kind of some freedom in that a little yes, bit. Very much so. Very much so. Um, if, if I was early in my running, uh, I'd probably be freaking out right now. Right. But I think it's just all those years of experience. You kind of learn the consistency is what matters. I've been consistent in running 200 right. mile months really since the first, like the beginning of the year. Um, I had a little bit of a hiccup the latter part of April where I got a little sloppy doing a, a hip exercise and my TFL tightened up on me. And uh, I was able to train through it mostly, but I was also starting to have some of those aches and pains that come with like, hey, something's not quite right. So don't push this. So, um, I got through my last long run and then I went and saw Tim. I took a few days off because yeah. I just didn't feel quite right. And at that point, the haze in the barn, you've done the work. It's better to be a little undertrained than to be a little overtrained or hurt. Um, I went and saw Tim. He fixed everything up, said, Hey, you seem good. Like, I'm not worried about anything. Go for it. That's another experience thing. I would have been stupid five years ago and tried to keep training through it and freak right. out about every missed mile. And yeah. So yeah, there's, there's a freedom I've got. I've got a very kind of loose race plan. Um, but it's basically just built on the idea of like, try to get to the half marathon mark at a certain time. And then after that kind of take the course as it comes and then see what you have left in the last four or five miles. So I'm going to ask this, honestly, do you yeah. think, do you think at all some of the freedom you have is the fact that you are aging up for Boston? 100%. Okay. I got five minutes when you get yeah. five minutes like that matters. Um, I think part of it too, is just my, my training now consistently has told me that I'm capable of running a time that should clear that mark by at least 10 minutes. Right. Um, you know, you and I have talked a lot about goal setting I've got my, my a goal, my B goal and my C goal. Um, and because I've aged up, and because of where my training has me, I mean, my C goal still involves a PR, which would put me more than six minutes under a, right. a BQ time that I have to hit. So, yeah, that, that helps a lot. So I guess getting older helps in one way. <laughs> you know, I think it helps in multiple. You know, as we're talking about, um, you know, my training for the fall, mm -hmm. um, uh, we're going to I think I'm going to keep that goal under wraps until yeah commit until to it when you and, want to commit to it uh, I, I think it's gonna i think it's gonna stay quiet except for people i want to know until i finish the race i just okay. kind of i kind of want to do that I've, I've gone the other way with that before and i uh i it, i think i was doing it for some of the wrong reasons kind of okay. like, <laughs> like that instagram account that i shared with you this week oh boy. um i, I get I mean, a phony <laughs> 
You weren't gonna jump. You're just a great big <laughs> pony. Oh, uh, as an aside, old Family Guy episodes are just tremendous. Oh man, that was that was the, that was the were. golden age of yes. that stuff, man. Yes. Oh my gosh, so good. <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, yeah, I've, I've you know I've been very like. I think there's, I think there's an accountability that comes with being public with goals. Um, but I think there is a phoniness that comes with it sometimes as well. Um, and a pressure that you can, okay. I don't, not for everybody. I, I don't want a blanket statement. Everybody who makes their goals very public. Sometimes you just do it for accountability. Um, but in my case, I think there was some legitimacy I was trying to gain as a runner amongst other people, instead of just enjoying something yeah. in my, like the process and, the result with myself uh, when I was training for Columbus in 2016. Um, it's taken me years to realize what I was doing. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so no, I think I'm going to keep, I think I'm going to keep my goals for this fall um, just to me and a few other people. Um, I mean, the fact that I'm being so quiet about it makes it known that it's a big one, but like yeah. neither here nor there, it's not going to be the same mentality I had six years ago, um, which is kind of where you're at right now too. Yeah. It's like, there's not, and there is freedom in that. Like you're not, you're, there's not so much pressure on yourself to go out and hit this, you know, seemingly arbitrary time for anybody. Like you don't do this for anybody else. Like you're doing right. this for you. You're not doing this for me. You're not doing this for anybody listening. You're doing this for you. And we all want to see you have success, but yeah, more than anything, I want to see you cross the finish line healthy and, um, you know, hang out with your parents and have your mom not get a phone call from a number. She doesn't know and go, who the hell is calling me? Right. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's what I want to see. And, uh, you know, no matter what you're, you know, and I hope you're happy. I hope we share the same type of embrace after you finish that we did after I finished Columbus, where yeah. I miss, where I missed my A goal, but I, uh, you know, I, I hit other goals and milestones that were massive, and you know, were worthy of celebration. And yeah. you know, ended with pizza that didn't have pineapple on it. Oh, that pizza was so good. I love hound dogs. I was uh, I was listening to one of Mario Fraoli's podcasts, he had Matt Fitzgerald and Ben Rosario on the talk about their, their book about what runners like you and me and our listeners can learn from professional runners. And one of the things uh, Ben Rosario said was that, you know, a lot of people obsess over like getting the boss and things like that. He said, you know, people obsess about that, but I think mostly what people want is just to get the most out of themselves as runners and just hit as good a runner as they can be. And I think that's sort of the shift that I've made over time. I know that the runner that I can be is capable of getting to the, the goal that I've been chasing for a long time. But what's nice is that what started out years and years ago is like, I want to get to Boston has just turned into, I really just enjoy getting the most out of myself as a runner. And I feel like that's where my training has gotten me. I don't know what it's going to lead to on Sunday. And part of that's just because there's always that unknown with a marathon. A marathon's a tricky distance. Right. It's a course I've never challenged before. I know the city somewhat, but this isn't like running Cleveland where I know every you know, little nook and cranny of the course. Like This is going to be a course that's going to throw a haymaker at me at one point that I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be not necessarily ready for, but I'm not going to expect. 
And it's gonna be like, well, shit, what do I do now? And I, I feel that I, I have the answers to when those things come up. Um, but really, it's just I want to be able to walk away from a race. I've had this idea for a long time now in my head of like what I want a good marathon to feel like. And it's not necessarily a perfect marathon. It's not one where like I am great at every single mile. It's not one without difficulty or that's easy. It's just it's a race that I get to the end and I go, that was the very best I could have done on that course today. Like I had answers for the questions that were asked of me. I got through the rough patches and I had more left in the tank than maybe I thought at earlier tough stages. And I think if I can just get through, if I can just have that be what I do on Sunday, I think I'm going to get to where I want to finally go, but I'm just going to be really happy with the race. And you know what? After that, I'm going to be happy to take a little bit of a step back and just do something shorter because it's essentially been like 18 months or 16 months of getting ready for a marathon. Um, You know, this is my second marathon training cycle. It's exhausting. (laughs) It's so tiring. And there's other things that I need to spend more time on. It doesn't mean I'm stepping back from running, but it just means having some fun with shorter distances and not being really too fixated on any big goals for the fall and just letting some other things have their time for me. It's kind of like taking a vacation. Yeah. Like, so when you're married, there's, you know, like for my wife and I, we have a kid who has had stomach issues his entire life. He's had some major anxiety issues at school. You know, our, our life is very, it's very stressful sometimes. And then, uh, two times in the last three years, we've been able to go on a cruise together without our son. Yeah. It has been very good. And you kind of need to take that with running at this point. Yeah. You know, just kind of not take a vacation from running, but just a vacation from training and just enjoying running for the act of running. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, I, that's where I've been. I've been where I like, I've had, you know, I I have people ask me all the time why I enjoy running. And sometimes I sit there and think about it. And I'm like, do I ever think in the middle of a run, I enjoy this? (laughs) And most of the time the answer is no. Yeah. You know, like when are you actually in the middle, unless you're like looking at your watch and you're like, wow, this is easier than I thought it was. Or I can't believe this pace feels this easy. You know, those are the moments that are fun, but it's because you're getting the result. But I mean, I've been having runs like I went out on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I was on the towpath. I, I start after work. I'll go to Manchester Road um, okay. in South Akron, and um, because it's like five ten minutes from work, and I'll pick it up there. I get to run a different section of the towpath, and I usually run long runs on the weekends. And I went out I, like I legitimately am enjoying the act of running. Yeah, and you know when you're in training, it that can be tough that can be really, really tough to enjoy the act of running. And so when I'm saying like, take a vacation with running, you know, like getting back to where you're enjoying the act, you're like, I'm, I'm going to go run today and I'm going to enjoy it, you know? And whether that's with somebody else or by yourself, I mean, when we went, um, we went and got beers at uh, lock 15 a couple weeks ago and, um, you, that was when you were battling your hip stuff and you, you didn't do the, the pre beer miles with me. Yeah. Um, I went out I, again. I, I was just, I was just enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's part of why I haven't really wanted to commit to anything. Um, 
as far as races go because I'm enjoying it. Yeah. But now I feel, I do feel now like I'm at a place where it's like, I think I can enjoy training and running Mm -hmm. and that's where I want to be. And if you're not there, then stop training and just run. And you get to enjoy that after Sunday. You know what I'm looking forward to as well is I haven't like raced a half in a long time. 2000. I've done halves, but like raced it train for it. I don't think I've done that since 2015. Different distances train and tackle different things. And I'm looking forward to just kind of mixing up and doing something totally different from what I've been focusing on for the last, what, six years or so. Right. Um, just something to just something different, something where I don't have to obsess over going long and building that endurance and tiring myself out and um, just just something different. So it's it's funny, like I'm still very fixated on Sunday. It isn't like oh, I got to get through Sunday so I can finally get this thing done right. with um, very fixated on it. But I'm also I, I know what I'm looking forward to after. And uh, it's, it's a good spot. I'm really hoping for a I'm really hoping for a fun weekend. It's going to be a tremendous weekend. Yeah. We're going to go to a Pirates game. <laughs> it's certainly trending that way. Yeah. I mean, I I wasn't even going to bring it up, to be honest. You know, it, it, it's just funny because, like, it, I was thinking, it's like, God, what like what is there to do? Like, that's... See, ideally, if hotels weren't so freaking expensive, mm-hmm. I would say let's go down Friday and yeah. go to the Friday game. Right. And then Saturday, just prepare for race day all day. Right. Um, which would look different for the two of us. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Right. Um, no, there's the first F-bomb of the episode. <laughs> it took us 52 and a half minutes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're just getting back into it. Yeah. We're finding <laughs> but, our form. Um, yeah. Like that, man. Oh, yeah. They're just so freaking expensive, though. Or if we like had friends in Pittsburgh or something. Yeah. Are you working on Friday? I'm like, not. Okay. So if any friends in Pittsburgh shout us out, um, we might go down the day early. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a good time. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, just that race environment and, you know, the, the even the, ho- I haven't done the hotel stay in a while. Um, you did it at Columbus, you know, right? No, I stay with my uh, brother and sister-in-law. Oh, uh, okay. So, which was awesome, you know, get to see them, but it was, you know, it wasn't the same. Um, I, uh, yeah, but I'm just, I'm going to enjoy being downtown, a downtown hotel and, you know, walk around a city. I don't really know. I've, I've driven through Pittsburgh, but I've never yeah. really spent time. And I don't know that I've ever gotten out of a car in Pittsburgh. Um, it's a really nice city. I, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I hear they have a casino. So um, I, uh, I might have to locate that and go play some poker somewhere. <laughs> That's the beauty of only running the half, man. Yeah, it is. It, it is. And it's like, it's the beauty too, of like just going out there and not necessarily, um, like trying to go all out in a race. Yeah. Because I mean, you can run those and just be like, yeah, I'm good. I mean, I have no real, I mean, I'm in good shape right now. Yeah. But I have no real training base on me. I mean, I have, I've run over 10 miles once this year. I've run a bunch of, I've run countless eight mile runs. 
Um, but yeah, so <laughs> there's definitely going to be some, uh, the last few miles are going to hurt no matter how fast I'm running, but I'm just going to go out and enjoy it. Like, that's the thing I get to enjoy it. And, um, you know, see some, uh, see some really fast runners too, which is going to be cool. I wish, man, I wish they were running the full. I wonder what the full field looks like. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm really excited and that's pretty much it. Yeah, no, it's good. It's gonna be a good time. I, I like, it's one of those now, like, because it's getting so close to it, I I'm getting really excited for it and it's still not yet that like actual race weekend shows up and like you get in the car and you're going to the expo and then it's like oh shit this oh. is real yeah this when, is real like i can't wait to pull into our hotel downtown and you start seeing people like i talked about after columbus you see race people bags. walking around with the gear check bags and yep. all that stuff man like there there's just not a feeling quite like it no um can i tell you a funny story real quick and then yeah, we're gonna please. wrap this up this yeah. is how we're gonna end this so my son's soccer game today they had it at the uh, high school football stadium because the, uh, the soccer fields that they usually play at are just an awful, awful Swamp. condition. Um, so uh, there was also, so our high school has a, um, has the football stadium and then it has the track and field and soccer stadium. And the kids were playing in the football stadium. There was a track meet going on uh, for the high school at the track and field stadium. Okay. Uh, well, they share a bathroom. Okay. Uh, and so at one point I had to go um, to the restroom and uh, there was no wait for the urinals, which was amazing. There's probably 10 urinals, 10 stalls. Man, if this does not tell you that runners of all ages do this before a race, there was a line out the door for the stalls and the urinals. I mean, <laughs> there, there were only like two dudes at the urinals and the stalls just full and a line i just i couldn't help but just chuckle inside thinking man there is definitely a running event going on somewhere yep. <laughs> but yeah that's uh that's my running story for the day now i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna put in eight miles and this beautiful 70 degree weather we have right now gorgeous out my window i am not wearing a shirt and Shocking. i am going to love every second of it Shocking. So, Adam, I can't wait to recap this. We're we're moving to every other week uh, recording, uh, yep. so we will recap this in two weeks. Yeah, and I can't wait to do that and talk about other things in running. We have the summer to look forward to. Nice weather is here, and not for very long. <laughs> by the <laughs> time this episode comes out, it will not be nice anymore. By the time this episode is out, it will be forty degrees and rainy. Um, but nice weather is about to be here for good. And, uh, yep. we have, we have a lot to look forward to over the summer and big things coming. And yeah, again, can't wait to recap this and, you know, celebrate some, some victories, which is just finishing a race. Yeah. What it always should be. So, um, yeah, until we meet again in two weeks, Adam, well, we're meeting again in a week and going yeah. to the pirates game. Uh, <laughs> everybody, uh, Make sure to, I was going to, I'm where Rusty, end it, Andrew. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, <laughs> review us on your favorite podcast platforms, and uh, make sure to enjoy your miles, everybody.